Alright, well hey there all you DC Comics News fans, DC Comics fans, fans of podcasts and lists, and all that fun stuff. Congratulations, you've arrived at the DC Comics News, Spinner Wreck. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, this is episode number 129. I am once again surrounded by my dogs. Yep, I think you can hear one chewing on a bone, kind of snarbling there, let's peek. Okay, he slowed down a little bit. It was getting to the point where I was going to like need to chew on something, and that would be really annoying if I was just chewing through the whole thing. So, put on some headphones, kind of blocked everything out, found my focus, and here I am with you, doing what I do each and every week, which is going through my top five picks from DC Comics. This week, we're looking at the ones from October 26th. Oh, the precipice of Halloween. Oh, the darkness and the wonder that exists out there and for us to share so let's go ahead and get started with this week's list to kick things off i wanted to go with something that i felt was mildly appropriate and a great way to kick off the list for that one i am talking about the batman the long halloween special yeah i think my other dog is i don't know licking her paws excessively so Now she might be a little bit noisy in the background. I've got headphones, so I can just kind of see her head doing the back and forth licking motion thing. So, yeah, if you get some some of that. um, (laughs) Sorry, not intentional. But sometimes I have to simply push on and get a recording in and make sure that I get an episode out to you. So, yes, there will be dogs, there will be distractions, but hopefully not too many delays. So... We have Jeff Loeb and Tim Saleh uh, providing the storytelling. Oh, now the dog's going down. So yeah, okay, that's going to happen sometimes. Um, <laughs> but you've got Jeff Loeb and you've got Tim Saleh. And you've got them collaborating in a universe that I think a lot of fans are going to be familiar with. We're talking about the long Halloween and this special Nightmares. Um, really interesting story to be told here. Um, you've got the colors by Brennan Wagner, and it opens with this credits page, which is orange and yellow, and also Halloweeny. A letter and design by Richard Starkings, and uh, a really wonderful take on that universe again, as I was saying, that was established in the long Halloween series that kind of became a saga and then continued on and showed us just what it is we can kind of look forward to. I mean, there's a thing about looking back and about all the times you choose to explore and how you choose to do it. So with the long Halloween series, one of the biggest factors is that the dates that the events coincided on were holidays something that should have fit the calendar man's schedule mo modus operandi and yet as the details continued to unfold that was actually not the case whatsoever so where are we now well we're in a world in which nobody is really happy or safe or comfortable or able to get past the fact I think my dog just whined. And for which there are still many consequences to be considered for the actions taken. Now, 
some things have transpired, it's true. Calendar Man has um, something of a cult. And while Batman is searching for Julian Day, he is also aware of the fact that people like Commissioner Gordon are among the few who trust him, who he can work with. And they're the only two that survived after working with Harvey Dent during the long Halloween saga. A triangle of trust was formed, one that brought together the, uh, oh, looks like the dogs are back, one that brought together the Dark Knight, that brought in uh, Harvey Dent, who was able to provide the legal side of things. And then, of course, we had Commissioner Gordon, who was doing his best to <laughs> provide some insight. Um... I mean, the goal was to simply do what all of them had sought out to do, which was to eradicate crime. And yet, the method was to take advantage of all of their strengths. Harvey Dent's understanding of the law, Batman's ability to work outside of it, and Gordon to provide the inside, or insight. So, while the dogs snuggle down again and decide whether or not they want to hang out with us, what I enjoy about this story is that we still have Harvey. We still have Gilda. We still have Julian Day. And we have some lovely moments that show the life and humanity that everyone is doing their best to try to either emulate or bring about or find in their lives. And Calendar Man chooses to do it through religion. Uh, Barbara Gordon asks her father if it's possible that Robin can go trick-or-treating with her. So it's got these lovely touches of the light in between the dark, but it's the dark that's brought them all together. It's a series of thefts, of birthday gemstones, and the fact that it's tipped off Batman, that it appears to be drawing the forces of Julian Day and Harvey Dent, together and it's leaving the reader with a really interesting mystery that delves deeper into that world and shows us just how many <laughs> unbelievable things there are to remember that there are so many uh, so many moments that can be looked back on and remember that for all of the big stories that are told there are so many other stories that they're there they they existed they came about but there's a time and place for them to be told and sometimes there's the point of telling the bigger story so that people have an understanding of that and then you come in later and you provide the additional story and it's with that that you can continue to fill in more of the picture not all of it, because so much of that is, well, a luxury of time. And only those who live long enough get to tell those kinds of tales. So, with that, I offer to you The Long Halloween. A lovely story. A reminder of the beauty and the magic and the wonder that uh, the original Long Halloween created and how it is that it's created a universe whereby 
the creators can go back in and explore and reveal and maybe even just a little bit of revel can be had. I think it's uh, a really great way to kick off this week's list. Apparently, the dog who is chewing wildly at my feet is very excited about all this. Um, hey, if you're feeling the excitement, you got something to chew on. Well, you know, get to chewing, keep on listening. Let's go ahead and have us a good old time. For my second choice, I'm keeping us in the Bat family with the story of Robin, <laughs> which just reminds me of characters who say things like that. Joshua Williamson, I swear the man is everywhere. He can do no wrong. He continues to just carve out brilliant stories. And this collaboration with Gleb Melnikoff and Max Dunbar is a wonderful match that I am sure will be duplicated in future titles. We've also got Luis Guerrero on the colors, ALW's Troy Pateri on the letters, Simone DeMio on the, or is it DeMeo? Ah, oh, I'm going to have to get that one down. On the original cover with Francis Manipal on the variant cover. So there's this tournament, there's this island. <laughs> there are oh so many things, and they continue to be revealed to Robin, to Ravager to quite a few characters. And it's those characters who have helped Robin understand just what it is that's going on around them, what he can uncover from a little something called the Book of Lazarus, how it is that the Deadpool knockoff apparently has some great deep mystery where they cannot reveal their face until the appropriate time has been reached, how the island is a bit hungry it's it's hungry because it's been infected imbued um let's just say it's been changed by its exposure to the lazarus pit ingredients the ability to bring back the dead but also to understand what that means and how that can be used. And as the tournament continues to get lower and lower in the number of remaining contestants, we see Robin facing off with uh, Flatline. You might remember her as the person who killed off Robin in the first issue, only to have him revived based on the, the rules of Lazarus Island. So. The fight continues between Ravager and Hawk, and then there is the expected contest between the survivors in both of those matches. It's a lot of bloodshed. It's a lot of fun gore. There's some great tension, and through it all, we get this really fun story that <laughs> gives us a Robin on his own running around, having a good time, and in the process, building just a little bit more of his own legacy. And hey, with that, I'm going to take a quick ad break. Go ahead and let you catch up on all the great things we have here for you at DC Comics News, and then come on back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics and everything in between. 
But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories a show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode, just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. Or fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. 
We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. <laughs> Here's <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. All right, and as promised, ad break over. We are back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices for this episode number 129 of the DC Comics News Spinner Wreck. For my next choice, I decided to go with Wonder Girl number four. You know, Yara Flores has uh, really blown me away. I, I love the just genuine ferocity in this story, Homecoming Part 4. We see her with a very stubborn winged horse. And Joelle Jones does an amazing job of writing this story and then collaborating with Adriana Mello on the art with Jordi Belair providing colors, Pat Brousseau with the letters. And... Uh, both Jones and Belair providing the original cover with Jamal Campbell. Campbell, sorry, with the variant cover. Um, I mean, that variant cover is just so much full of light and bright joy. But the original is just, come on, it's Yara Flora on a, on a winged white horse. Like, you, you really can't go wrong. And if you get both, well, you, you kind of just went doubly right. So however you choose to do it, <laughs> I think the fun thing is that not only do we get this great experience with the winged horse and the trials and struggles that Yara has been facing and how it is that she is understanding her powers and her growth, but also her connection to the Pantheon and what it is that she can uncover and discover there and how she's, well, <laughs> how she's able to sort of take all of that in such a lovely stride and say things like, yeah, I've named my winged horse Jerry and that's where we're gonna connect and how we're gonna bond. And also how it is that she has been able to train with Chiron, as she has been able to spend time with Eros and 
become a little infatuated. But also how uh, she is pleased, Hera, and how it is that she is soon being offered the chance to drink the elixir of ambrosia and take all of eternity as a servant of Hera and a member of Olympus, a resident, you might say. And with that, a reminder of the fact that when she was sort of brought to Brazil and introduced to everything, that wasn't the goal, that wasn't the purpose. But now, in order to achieve her purpose, she has to make some choices. And through it, we also get the chance to see her reach out and make a connection with a figure <laughs> who uh, is letting her know that there is a, a grand difference between what she was doing and what she is doing. And also about how it is that there was a, a past and a story, one of which fans of Wonder Woman might be familiar with, but also might enjoy the details that are described in this version and how it is that through this definition, Yara is invited to take her place again among the many <laughs> and how it is that there is also, well, there's Artemis, there's Wonder Girl, Cassie, um, and there's the fact that there's choices and Yara is reminded just what it is she faces. Now, there is a tantalizing teaser that I'll let you uncover for yourself, but it does provide some wonderful hints of the potential awaiting issue number five. Will we get to discover it? Come back around. We'll see if it makes it on the list. What I do know is, next on my list is Deathstroke, Inc. Number two. I mean, anytime you have a character who's stuck in space and you're complaining about the fact that they're stuck in space, man, you're going to have some fun. And if it's Deathstroke, well, you're just sort of guaranteed to have some dynamite. Joshua Williamson, back again, collaborating with Howard Porter on art, hi-fi with the colors, Steve Wands with the letters. And uh, we also have Howard Porter and hi-fi on the original cover with Francesco Mattina providing the variant cover. And man, <laughs> Slade Wilson screaming, I hate space is almost as good as that great cover with Deathstroke right in the forefront, foreground and in the background, Canary, looking just as lethal as always. Now, of course, she's got to restrain herself from busting loose with that scream while she's wearing a spacesuit, but that doesn't mean she can't still do a lot of damage. And so it is that she and Deathstroke are on a mission for trust. You know that organization they work for? Don't worry, they were just introduced last issue, at least for me. And for me, that was a somewhat shady introduction. So I have questions, lots of questions. However, they have questions too about how it is they've arrived to discover Cyborg Superman. Also, uh, hooking up a bunch of wires to a character some people might know as the Weird and a cross-dimension traveler 
with a cosmic energy battery-like body is being harnessed by Hank Henshaw to cause, oh, the, the, the most destructive and potentially destructive forces through it. But then you've also got Slade, who's mad, carrying a uh, spear with different types of lasers on opposite ends. And you've also got a character who claims to be operating an avatar-like space chute, but in reality decided that going to space was worth the risk. And now they feel like the stakes have been raised just a little bit. At the same time, I mean, one of the things I keep in mind is that uh, <laughs> this guy, Hero, you know, he, he seems like he's really comfortable just sort of going for it. And that doesn't fly well with Slade or any of the rest of the game. But Hero plays his part, does a good job, comes through in a pinch. And we get a really interesting interaction with the weird that appears to uh, split open the cosmos, reveal many different worlds occurring all at the same moment, perhaps flashes in the past or the future. We get glimpses of Mongol, we get glimpses of Swamp Thing, perhaps in a fight with Parasite, perhaps someone else. We also get some interesting glimpses of someone in the Flash and Superman's outfits. We also get the chance to see that vampiric character recently appearing in the Flash. And then, well, then that moment is passed and then it's all about getting information to the people who they're supposed to, getting answers to the questions that they've just uncovered, but instead finding out that they have a new mission, one that involves uh, Barbara Minerva, who is now Queen Cheetah, and, well, about her reign. Well, we're, we're going to have to learn just a little bit more about that next issue. But <laughs> fear not. Should it be good enough, it will arrive here on the DC Comics new spinner rack, and I can tell you all about it, and we can have a good time doing it. Because, you know, what's life without a good time? I mean, at some point, don't you want to enjoy yourself? I know I do. I think these characters do, too. Let's go ahead and all have us a little bit more fun with my fifth and final book. For that one, I went with Aquaman becoming issue number two. Jackson Hyde. Things were not going oh so very well at the end of last issue, and they appear to be even more chaotic now. In a story title, Until Proven Innocent, Brandon Thomas writing the script with Diego Olategui and Skylar Partridge on the pencils, Wade Von Grabadger and Skylar Partridge on the inks, Adriana Lucas on the colors, Animal Design on the letters with David Tulaski on the cover, and Carrie Rudolph and Emilio Lopez on the variant cover. You kind of can't go wrong. Um, the original cover is a lot of fun. It's just got this great hunted sort of idea um, and the idea of an Atlantis ignited him drifting underwater but then the variant with Jackson kind of in the boat looking off in the distance and uh, then you realize wait it's not a boat 
he's sitting on a sea creature, sun setting. Um, <laughs> and that lovely feeling, that, that lovely sense of just comfort in the water. Looks like he's just sitting on a surfboard or in a boat, but he's not. He's a master of the ocean's deep. And in this story, sadly, he's on the run and it's not fun. He's been accused and it draws in Mira, or Mera, uh, whose name I'll probably never pronounce correctly, who's got baby Andy and does not have a lot of patience for the attitudes that the officers who have come to her home, brought her in for questioning, pointed out that Jackson is from Zebel, which is where the queen is from, former queen, and how it is that they believe she is a perfect person to ask about rebellious activities, bombs, and more. But we see not only how strong she is and how crafty and how helpful, but we also get the opportunity to see uh, <laughs> how it is that others in Jackson's life, like Lucia, are able to surprise, outmaneuver, outthink, and in the process, give Jackson all the chances he can get in order to figure out what's happening, what he can do about it, and how much time he has left to try and get it all done. It's a lovely mix. It's a lovely combination. It makes for a great final edition for this week's episode. Thanks for hanging out with me. I love sharing five out of five books with you. Look forward to sharing with them with you each and every week. And to make sure you never miss out, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button on whatever player you're listening to or on all the big ones. So if you tell friends, iTunes, and Stitcher, and Spotify, and all the biggies, or all the little ones, basically whatever player you're listening on right now, hit subscribe. You'll never miss out. And for your friends, just tell, us, tell them to look for the DC Comics News Podcast Network. When they find it, subscribe. They'll get all the great content, original shows, things like The Spinner Rack and I Am The Night, Mad Love, weekly podcast, and so much more in store and on the way. Just tune in. You'll guarantee you'll never miss out, and we guarantee we'll always bring you our best. Also, should you want to send us a social media comment, question, or something else, just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. It's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. When you do, you'll guarantee we get your message, get a chance to reply, have a great conversation, and maybe even share what you had to say on our next episode. And then, as we always like to say here, until next time, always read more comics. Bye now.